Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone speaking to you from the screen porch. Thank you again for joining me. Over Mother's Day weekend, I had a few of you reach back to me with lovely notes about an episode 15 that we shared last year about the litter of tree tips caused by squirrels, by the way. And it also had the history of Mother's Day and the traditions of Mother's Day. It was so nice to hear from you and thank you for your kind words. But it brings a question. You may recall that we used to have a two-part version of the podcast, and I wonder what your thoughts are about this new format where we really just talk about one subject. I would love to hear from you if you wish to email me at askmarystone at gmail.com or through the links in the show notes. It would be so kind of you. Thanks so much. So I wonder, (laughs) what's going on in your neck of the woods about this shopping bag dilemma, which I'll have to admit caused an overreactive reaction on my part, and I'm going to share a little bit of that story. I hope I don't sound too whiny, (laughs) but there's some positive outcomes thanks to an interview with a local farmer, which I'm going to be sharing with you as well. So again, at the risk of sounding whiny, I just have to say I'm the procurement manager around here, which means I do the shopping, and it's gotten to be much more of a hassle, hasn't it, the last few years, and now with the shortages, you can't always get what you want, and the prices are increasing, and so on and so on, but I am grateful that I'm able to buy groceries, so that part of it is certainly something I hold dear. So on Sunday, I went off to go shopping. I wasn't sure if the new laws were in place, and I totally forgot my reusable bags. So I thought, well, I'll just stop at Marshall's. They have those, you know, big sacks for sale, and I'll grab some of those. I need a pair of sandals anyway. So it turned into a column we'll talk about, which also includes when to plant annuals and vegetables, and the whole issue of recycling garden pots. And it starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. New Jersey's new rules about single-use plastic and paper bags put me into a tizzy, I'm embarrassed to confess. But a kind conversation with Devin of Race Farm Market in Blairstown, New Jersey, turned my point of view around. From one of frustration with the bag restrictions, especially brown bags, which are as recyclable as cardboard boxes, to feeling a hope and encouragement that the changes could be good for our dear earth. It is true, Devin really did turn my point of view around as I learned so many more details of the program. While we use them as trash bags or picking up dog waste, decomposable bags are better suited for the task. Many plastic bags end up in landfills or are blown into trees or clog up the equipment at recycling facilities. But recycled bags are also being put to good use. This, by the way, I learned about at Comfort Zone Camp that I volunteered for recently. There was a bench there that was made of recyclable grocery bags. The leading composite deck and rail manufacturer, Trex, also makes eco-friendly outdoor furniture from recycled bags with their next Trex plastic bag and film recycling program. And they brag about the fact that their plastic bag processing and manufacturing are all done in the United States using the best available technologies for managing our environmental impact on air, water, and land. 
A side note here, actually, composite decks have come a long way from their first adoption years ago. I especially like those that are a combination of recycled wood products mixed with recycled plastic, so Trex is doing a really good job with that. So the fellow volunteer um, of Comfort Zone Camp was telling me that in her town, residents gathered 500 pounds of plastic bags, which is 37,500 bags, and Trex turned them into a free bench for a community park. A win-win. Good promotion for Trex, encouraging the recycling of plastic bags, and a place to sit. So back to my conversation with Devin of Race Farm, which is a, actually a fourth-generation farm local to me. I just love shopping there. I love seeing their fields of produce growing, and it's just a beautiful thing. Our conversation led to the discussion of recycling garden pots. Many trash services don't accept them because of the plastic that's used, which is the polypropylene. But I love to hear that Race Farm uses the pots and trays again. They sanitize them first using good old-fashioned bleach and water. Devin explained that they give them out to Girl Scout troops or to the um, 4-H and actually homeowners that are requesting them to start their seeds. Pretty cool, right? They only recycle pots their customers purchased from them, though, to avoid spreading plant diseases coming from elsewhere. Devin explained the um, tobacco mosaic virus, which can affect tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, spinach, petunias, marigolds. And if, you know, a plant gets infected, the only solution is to throw them out, so it literally could be devastating. So when you buy your plants, ask if your nursery has a recycling program for pots. Or consider buying plants that have biodegradable pots, such as those made of peat moss, coconut husks, or composted commonure. So as you visit the nursery, it's already filled with many annuals and vegetables to buy, and it inspired a question. I asked when folks should plant annuals and vegetables, typically between May 15th and the 20th, Devin explained, that the plants they are selling now are hardened off and can manage the cold. However, buying warm weather vegetable plants early, like tomatoes and peppers, won't give you a head start in growth, as the cool weather will keep them idle until things warm up. Tender annuals like impatience will suffer when the temperatures fall below 40, where the tougher ones like the annual dianthus and snapdragons can better manage the cold. It can drop to 33 or 34, and they won't suffer any foliar damage. Even perennials like hookera, which is the coral bell, have tender leaves, and if it drops below 45 or 50, it can stunt the growth, Devin was explaining to me, although in your garden they manage much better, which is true, I guess maybe because they're well-rooted and... Uh, the soil is warm. She shared an old-time adage, which was new to me. They say to plant annuals and vegetables after the last full moon in May, as it will be the last cold night. And according to NASA, the full moon in May this year will be May 16th. So there you go. Fittingly, the last full moon in May is called the flower moon, because, of course, that's when flowers spring forth across North America in abundance this month writes the Farmer's Almanac. Ah, we did a podcast about planting following nature, episode 26, which also features planting by the moon. So you can check that episode and column out. Devin's contagious positive outlook comes with such wisdom. We've been through so much since the pandemic, following protocols and learning to do new things differently. The bag thing is just one small thing we'll quickly adjust to. Yes, indeed. We, like plants, are resilient. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com So I have to say, I was interviewing Devin while I was walking Jolie, and as I was ascending Mohican Road, there were two 
grocery bags that had flown into trees, you know, puffed up like balloons. And I thought, there you go, Mary. No more whining. This is a good thing. And I really do feel it's a good thing. I'm just curious, though, what Trex is going to do about building their furniture now and their decks. Where are they going to get the plastic? I'm sure they will find a new way of doing things. So thanks so much for visiting with me. It always means so much, and I love hearing from you as well. And again, invite you to share your stories of how nature and our gardens help heal and grow our lives and help us learn and overcome some of these old way of doing things. You know, you can teach an old dog new tricks. I'm referring to myself. Not so old, thank you very much. <laughs> Have a great day. See you next time. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day. Thank you.